TED Audio Collective. This is Zigzag from Radiotopia, a new show about why we need to change the course of capitalism, journalism, and women in tech, and how we're going to do it. No, seriously. But before we can fix all of society's problems, we kind of need to get to know each other. So this is chapter one, the introductions. Canva presents stories to keep you up at night. It was an ordinary work day until... The Singapore presentation is at 3 a.m. The office was shocked. But that's when we sleep. Maya made it less scary with Canva. (laughs) I'll just record my presentation so Singapore can watch it anytime. Record and present anytime with Canva presentations at canva.com. Designed for work. Hi, my name is Manoush Zamarodi. Manoush. I'll spell it. M-A-N-O-U-S-H. It's Persian. I've been a journalist for a long time, first with the BBC, and then more recently at New York Public Radio, WNYC, the biggest public radio station in the country. It's where I created and hosted the tech podcast, Note to Self. Hey everyone, I'm Manoush Samarodi. As with a lot of media, podcasting is really a team sport. And behind the scenes of my show was this woman, my executive producer, Jen Poyant. <laughs> we have to do this in the studio tomorrow, but if we're going to do it like, I'm going to ask you to do it like 50 no, no, times. Okay. Hi, I'm Manoush Samarodi. Jen has real producing talent. And she coached me to be comfortable behind the mic in a way I had never been before. And by doing so, the show had a lot of success. But a couple months ago, Jen quit WNYC. You put in your notice yesterday at a company that you worked for for 10 years. Yep. (laughs) Well, it feels fucking great. This is us at the Pan Quotidian around the corner from the radio station. But you don't, you seem very grounded. No, I've been preparing for this mentally for months. Why was I being so supportive? Because actually, I quit too. We were doing it together. Something was propelling us out the door, away from our stable jobs and into uncharted territory. I mean, don't get me wrong. Note to Self was our precious baby. We had nurtured it episode after episode, week after tough week. And deciding to abandon it made me feel kind of nauseous. And I felt like the bottom had fallen out of me. It was like, I felt like dizzy kind of. And like, I was like, where am I? West 4th Street. So why would two women, mothers, I should add, with great stable jobs in journalism, which is really a very unstable industry, why would we leave? Well, because three things happened back to back. Bam, bam, bam. The first was in November when the Me Too story hit the media world. Now to the latest on Harvey Weinstein. The New York Times reporting allegations by numerous women who say the Hollywood mogul sexually harassed Matt Lauer them. Lauer fired from NBC News. CBS News and PBS take Charlie Rose off the air. There were horrifying stories of harassment everywhere, including at our public radio station, of all places. It really was heartbreaking. This organization, WNYC, now has a Me Too moment of its own. That morning, when the station's beloved morning show host, Brian Lehrer, got on the air, 
you could hear the pain in his voice. And it's my duty to you, the audience, as well as the editorial judgment of me and my team that we deal with this first and report on our own institution, awkward as that is. Okay, so just as the situation at work is kind of depressing, the second thing happens. Someone from a big philanthropic organization emails me. They want to talk about giving me money so I can get my reporting about tech and ethics out to more people. They think the work I'm doing on my podcast needs a bigger platform. Look, I had gotten job offers from other media companies before, and I didn't take them that seriously. But money? To do my own thing? That hadn't occurred to me. All right, so I'm chewing on that when the third thing happens. The Cambridge Analytica and Facebook story hits. On this front, news on Cambridge Analytica, the company that allegedly harvested private information from millions of Facebook profiles, it is now shutting down. Breaking news here. Joining what me does now, a scuzzy political data company have to do with my inner psyche? Well, we've been reporting on that story on the show for over a year, and I was kind of obsessed with it. Is your concern, though, that this data on American voters specifically could be I had even donated my data to a lawsuit against Cambridge Analytica in the U.K. And these new revelations about Facebook felt really validating because suddenly mainstream America was talking about issues that I had been investigating and harping on for years on Note to Self, that big tech companies were making a ton of money off our attention, our data, for some of us, our basic well-being. Okay, so here we are. The Me Too moment, an offer of money, and confirmation that the work we were doing was not only worthwhile, but much needed and in demand. It was all proof that Jen and I were onto something bigger. And suddenly those good, stable, satisfying public radio jobs, they weren't as satisfying anymore. We became consumed with the idea of running away together. We talked a lot early on about you finding your voice. Mm -hmm. And oddly enough, I don't know why, but starting a business for me means that for myself, too. Absolutely. Why? That's the whole point. Everything you make is going to be for you. It's finally for you. At first, actually giving up our paychecks seemed crazy. We both have kids. We need to pay the rent, the mortgage. But then we started hearing stories of other women jumping ship, starting their own thing. Maybe because of Me Too. Or maybe just because all the issues that the Me Too moment brought up for women about power and ownership finally convinced them to just say, fuck it, and go for it. Maybe one of those women is your girlfriend, or your sister, or maybe it's you. Okay, when we come back, Jen and I hatch a plan, and we get a kick in the pants. This is Zigzag, Chapter One. Paul and John, Steve and Waz. The world is full of origin stories about creative partnerships, mostly between men. I gotta say, my creative partnership with Jen, it is what took my career to the next level. We know the, that this story will include. It's just like concrete, one, two, you know what yeah, I mean? Uh-huh. 
She would take my nerdy, nutty ideas and turn them into relatable, listenable shows. And she convinced me that listeners would actually like me more if I just fucking relaxed and was myself. And when I stopped acting like a reporter and was just me, I really did find my passion. Helping people understand why their tech, all of it, our phones, the internet, social media, makes us behave certain ways, like compulsively check Instagram or think we're getting a text message when really our stomach is just growling. I even wrote a book and did a TED Talk about it. As one UX designer told me, the only people who refer to their customers as users are drug dealers and technologists. (laughs) Giving a TED Talk is terrifying, by the way. But so is leaving your job to start your own company, as I soon learned. Jen and I decided we wanted to build a media company that was owned and led by women, by us. And our plan was to build on our expertise. Make podcasts, yes, but really to use podcasts as a lab to explore how we can mend the cracks in society that tech has exposed. We were going to delve into topics like protecting a free press, bringing back civil discourse, finding gender equality, bridging wealth disparity. Lots of big ideas. And since we'd be getting a grant from that lovely philanthropist who wanted to give us money, we thought, hell yeah, let's do this. We named the company Stable Genius Productions after Donald Trump's weirdo Twitter rant earlier this year. And because we felt like the one good thing that has come out of his presidency was at least a new conversation in society about our values and ethics and how we care about things like the First Amendment. Okay, so cool. We've got a name, Stable Genius. Let's go get that grant, shall we? I flew out to Silicon Valley, where the philanthropy is based, to give a presentation that I thought was merely just sealing the deal. Here I am beforehand, mentally preparing myself. Okay, so I am sitting in a conference room in Redwood City (laughs) with a deck that I put together on the plane ride last night. I felt like such a cliche. But as Jen pointed out, no, I'm breaking the mold. I am here because actually we have a mission and it's to make sure technology helps people, doesn't hurt them. Wish me luck. And can I just say, I gave the pitch of my life. They claim to be all in. And then a few weeks later, just as they were gonna tell us how much money we'd be getting, the entire thing fell through. It was something to do with the freezing of all grants. There was some new guy in charge, yada, yada. Yeah, it sucked. We felt like we'd been kicked in the stomach. We'd quit our jobs, but now we had zero cash. So what do you do? You go drinking and reminisce. Okay, so this reminds me, do you remember the the time really early on, like the first week that we started working together, yeah, yeah, yeah. we went into one of those booths yeah, yeah, yeah. in the newsroom, and uh-huh. I told you, like, some of my Oh, yeah, here's some of your stuff. shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you told me some of yours. Yeah. And All right, so like, I'm about two Negronis in when my husband calls to say he has to stay at work late, and could I just go pick up our son from baseball practice, which is ending in 10 minutes, about 10 blocks away from the bar where Jen and I are sitting? Shit. Jen, this is insane. 
I just pounded two drinks with you at the bar. And then my husband called me and said, George H.W. Bush is dying. He's a politics reporter. I have to cover it. Can you go pick up Kai from baseball? And so now, not only am I jogging slightly drunkenly, I'm sweaty, a little drunk, and a bad mother. All at once. Maybe even a bad business person. Good times. Actually, good times is the name of Kai's baseball team. So, it's appropriate. Bye. Hey, Manoush. I just got your message after driving home on the Belt Parkway. I had no idea that Kai's baseball team is named Good Times. That makes me really happy, and it makes me understand why you've been saying good times so much lately. Uh, We just got some bad news, whether it's because we have a muddled message. In the meantime, we still have to ask ourselves whether we can even survive doing this, this question about whether we can be good journalists and good mothers and still make stuff creatively. Well, like whether that's like a total pipe dream. Jen and I had decided it was time for us to become entrepreneurs, to be in charge of our own budgets, to own the podcasts that we produced. Except now we had no money to produce said podcasts. But then, well, something interesting happened. So early on, when we'd been talking to everyone we knew to figure out, like, really, should we start our own company? I had met with a friend of a friend who actually advised media startups. His name is Josh Benson. And then Josh called me back. Because the more he thought about it, since we'd had our first conversation, the more he thought that actually, Jen and I would be a great fit for this other startup he was working with. It was kind of hard to explain, but the gist of it was that this group of techies and journalists were building something that would throw good journalism a lifeline, help it survive in a world now driven by free Facebook news feeds. They were called civil, and thanks to the generosity of a multi-billionaire, they had money. They actually had grants to give out to journalists with proven track records, like us. No strings attached. The journalists would own their work. All they had to do was contribute to the civil platform. And the way they were making this media fantasy come true? It was something called the blockchain. Jen and I had heard of the blockchain. You may have, too. We weren't entirely sure how it worked or what it had to do with journalism. And like most people, we pretty much equated it with Bitcoin, the most popular cryptocurrency that had made the people who bought in early really, really rich. And according to memes, it seems to compel them to buy Lamborghinis. Why the hell would we want anything to do with that? But after doing some research, we started to understand Blockchain was just the technology that made Bitcoin possible. But it could, maybe, do so much more than just make some dudes rich enough to buy Lambos. The more we read, the more we felt like actually the blockchain could be a second chance for the internet. Because over the last few years, we'd seen that the promise of the web, information and access for everyone, it had been totally perverted. But the blockchain, if it really got off the ground could do things like protect people's identity, 
help get aid faster to natural disasters, sustain the poorest populations, maybe even help protect democracy and save important struggling industries like journalism. These are big promises. Yeah. But man, after hearing what Civil was doing with the blockchain, we were kind of stoked. Josh? Hi. <laughs> How are you? We went to see Josh Benson, our blockchain matchmaker, at his WeWork office on 23rd Street. So here, guys, um, please make yourself Okay, you sure? Okay, thank you. Very sure. Because I just think you guys are going to be obviously like a super interesting and attractive proposition to a bunch of places. It's like we know some people who are doing interesting things with podcasts. and Great. Yep. It's just like worth thinking about all that stuff because why the hell not, right? Yeah, we have this weird, crazy blue sky opportunity at the moment. Mm-hmm. And so we just should be thinking about all that stuff. And again, Tom and Catherine are... Once we left the meeting, there was no need to play it cool anymore. Jen and I wanted in. Just give me three words. <laughs> What, what, I mean, are you are you psyched? I'm so psyched. Right? Isn't this, like, it's kind of, I mean, I'm scared to say, like, it sounds too good to be true, but, like, it's perfect for us. It's perfect for us. It's going to help with us launching. It's going to help with everything. It's also going to be super fun. And it's a beautiful concept that's meant to help and support journalists doing good work. Yay! And Civil wanted us, too. Especially when we told them what we'd do with the grant they gave us make our first podcast, one that actually explained in normal, non-hardcore techie language what the hell the blockchain is. Because here's the thing, listeners, um, that grant that Civil gave us, it was half real money, and the other half is a new cryptocurrency that they call Civil Tokens. These tokens have no value yet, but meanwhile, we had to buy a hardware wallet, what the fuck is that, to store our new crypto, in addition to giving them the stable genius, regular old banking information so we could get the normal money, too. Jen and I were in business. At the very least, Civil made it possible to get us started. And so here we are, and you are listening to that first podcast. ZigZag is going to tell the story of how we succeed or fail. we're also going to explore lots of ways that a lot of other people are trying to change systems that feel really broken right now. Capitalism, journalism, parts of Silicon Valley, definitely women in the workplace. We're calling the show ZigZag because we know the road to big change is going to have lots of twists and turns. And because already, Jen and I thought we had a straight path to building a business. And that was so very wrong. But honestly, if we had known how hard it would be, we might not have done it. We are doing this in real time and we are scared shitless. Our fear is that while founding a company and making a show about it, we will end up neglecting our children, bankrupting ourselves, or at the very least, destroying the creative partnership that we have been so lucky to find. Just saying this all out loud gives me a panic attack. And so... If you are in the midst of this process or you've been through it and you've come out the other side, we would love to get some moral support and maybe share your story here on the show, especially if failure is involved, because we definitely want to hear about failure. And also, especially if the Me Too moment made you so angry that you just had to quit and start your own company. We definitely want to hear about that. Tell us. 
record a voice memo on your phone and send it to our brand new email account. It is zigzag at stableg.com. That's zigzag at stableg.com. Note to self listeners, I am counting on you. Show them how it's done. Also, we've got links and more information about all the stuff that we're up to at zigzagpod.com. And come say hi and see some behind-the-scenes stuff on Instagram and Twitter at zigzagpod. Zigzag. Okay, this was Chapter 1 next time on ZigZag. You said chain, right? On the block chain? Yeah. Yeah, it sounds like uh, people literally on the block with some chains. Yeah, well. no, it does. And you're like, what are they doing on that block with chains? Right. We are going to figure this out. Go listen. Chapter two is in your feed right now. Zigzag is produced by me, Manoush Samarodi, and Jen Poyant. But we couldn't have done it without Roman Mars, Julie Shapiro, Carrie Hoffman, and the whole gang at PRX. Many thanks to Tom McGeverin, Catherine Lair, and Josh Benson of Old Town Media, and all the folks at Civil. David Herman is our audio engineer. Dan Sacker provided business expertise. Zigzag comes from Stable Genius Productions. Sounds pretty good. Civil and PRX. We are proud members of Radiotopia. I'm Anoush. Thanks for listening. There's more about me and Jen, a little behind-the-scenes action, at zigzagpod.com. I heard your cup, Jen. Put it down. Sorry, sorry, sorry. We should leave that actually in because it's really funny. (laughs) 